Hello and welcome to Where the Fuck Is That? Where the Fuck Is That? This time with less lip smacking and repetition. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? Well, Matt, today you're going to be talking about the glorious city of Kiev. Kiev. Yes. So could you please tell me what Kiev is like? Um, I remember Kiev as a kind of pastoral little place, lots of little cottages, rolling fields, water wheels, they've got like a nice uh, windmill on the hill, that's like the feature of Kyiv, like dusty cobblestone roads, um, mm. they don't have a lot of electricity in Kyiv, uh, just because they're like, you know, why do we want that, you know, it's electricery, so they have like lots of little wagons, they're horses, they love horse culture, but yeah. all the horses have like braided manes or like deities in them and stuff. Very much a pride of the pride of the little town, the city, to have like a pretty horse pulling your <laughs> wagons of uh, cabbages and carrots and things. It's sort of like stuck in time. Yeah, it's um, it's the ideal um, it's like the ideal nostalgia town or the right. reminiscence town. But not quite Amish. Not Amish, no. Right. Well, I guess Amish in the sense that they believe in simplicity. Mm. Um, but not Amish in that like if you come there with your mobile phone, they just be like. All right. Well, you're not going to have any signal, but, you know, you do you, I guess. I see. So they don't exactly shun the modern world. They've just chosen to live at the boundaries of it. Yeah, they just think you're dumb. Mm. Um, it's just like they had like a lot of opportunities, like big wigs come in and be like, oh, I bet there's oil under keys. And they're just like, no, there's not. It's probably just mud. Yeah. Or, oh, there'd be a great BT tower here. Like, no, there wouldn't be. He's going to put another windmill there instead. Yeah, the government representative just comes every few months. It's just like, do his due diligence. You want yeah. to modernize now? The government representative, Annie Oakley, mm -hmm. the same Annie Oakley with the great um, marksmanship skills, uh, she runs Kiev. <laughs> what great marksmanship am I supposed to know? Yeah, says? Annie Oakley, she, um, I, I believe the story is that, uh, I think like William Tell style could like shoot an apple off someone's head, kind of mm -hmm. thing with her gun. Mm -hmm. Annie, get your gun, Annie Oakley. I see. No. No. No, okay. She wears like a nice little pinafore. Did well. she do the apple thing as well? Yeah, I think she did the apple thing. Like right. the arrow through the apple, but she did it with a gun. She can bend the bullet like wanted. Yeah, yeah. She's. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Oakley's got sort of strange mystical powers, <laughs> and no one really talks about that. Yeah, she keeps Keith protected. Although it doesn't really need protection because there's no like predators or mm. no one really goes there to for warfare or anything because. What do they have? They've got some agriculture and stuff, and they're just nice, like... See, so it's just a field. Made. Yeah, it's a glorified field. Right. <laughs> there are any, like, you know, cool weather patterns, or it's sunny? Yeah, they have um, constant fluffy white clouds. In, case. Oh. <laughs> um, in winter, it gets slightly cold, but only cold enough to be like, ooh, it's Christmassy now. Very aesthetic, like, oh, there's nice frost on our windows. Jumper code, but not yeah, jacket code. Exactly. It's very good for their PR. It's just like, here's a photo of Kiev, and, and anyone who sees it, it's like, that looks nice. It's never like Kiev was hit by a hurricane or something. I see. Kiev is struck by lightning 37 times. Okay, so nothing extreme. Just seems like a boring. very, hmm, <laughs> very, I like peaceful and idyllic summer to just cool down after a long, lovely day. <laughs> so, what's the food like in this? almost medieval town <laughs> they do like a good broth of like a like a vegetable broth uh, unfortunately when horses die the horse broth oh no mm -hmm. <laughs> rufus <laughs> <laughs> 
Jenny, no. <laughs> You're my best friend, but you taste damn good. Papa, where is the horse? <laughs> but this broth is delicious. <laughs> They're, yeah, they have like um, like uh, domestic animals, like uh, sheep and cattle and things like that. Um, but there's um, not like there's like a difficult thing where they're like, oh, we love our cows so much, we don't want to eat them. So right. They only ever eat them if they're dying anyway. I see. So presumably the meat quality wouldn't be the greatest. No, great. It's just old cows. Yeah. <laughs> but it like it adds a little bit of mustiness to the broth. Hmm. But that's about it. Honestly, it's not really worth their time putting it in there. The alternative is they start burying their horses, which they have lots of them. Most give would just be fields and fields of grapes. That's <laughs> a bit more grim. <laughs> they have as many horses as they have people. <laughs> yeah, and give it's a it's a one to thirty six. Uh, wait. What? One person to 36 horses. Oh, damn. There's way more than I expected. Yeah, they are a city, but like the actual town itself is like town size. It's just the rest of it is just fields for their horses. Right. So, like, do the horses, did the horses like actually pick for riding? Do they feel like they've won the lottery? They, they pick them on their personality. Right. It's a series of like personality tests to see if you are horse material for people. <laughs> I see. Well, and the other horses are sort of just waiting for a rider in this pool of like horses. Yeah, like if you were, if this was like Bojack Horseman, you were like an amorphic uh, horse. Mm. You know, you'd be like, oh, my biggest gig is going to Kiev, and it's, it's the retirement village for horses near that. Oh, I see. Well, not completely retired, but like early retirement. You know, you do your big famous horse, the racehorse. I get what else do horses do? Draw things. <laughs> yeah, they, they were. Are machines for a long time. Yeah, I guess they have a culture of like famous horses too. So you'd be mm. like, oh my god, that's sea biscuit. So, but other, otherwise, the the sort of disenfranchised horses <laughs> who just live in herds in the outskirts, mm-hmm. just going around. You can't really drive there. <laughs> my head hurts. Well, you say that, but that's great for a horse. Yeah, that's true. Just roaming around. No, yeah, that is there. There's a horse's itinerary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else to do, really. I can have a broth. Uh, is there any like little markets I can go to, for, like specialized street food? Or they're very big into like the German market sort of style, mm. um, that artisanal farmers market thing. Cause that's all they do really. So like as well as being able to get thirty different types of soaps and things. Oh, soaps. Yeah, like they've got herbs and stuff like that. So and they've got like very basic like rock minerals like lye. So they're able to make I think lye is a material, isn't it? Or is lye like fat? I think lion would be fine, yeah. There's where the horses are going. <laughs> they're well, not they, in the broth. The notoriously, they're all muscle, but uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, they've got like um, all these soaps and things, but then for food, they have cakes not and Lye is just a metal hydroxide. Oh, there we go. It is mm. underground. <laughs> cakes and things. It's very like um, PTA, big sale. Mm. That kind of, you know, they all, there's always like every stand that's like selling like things like carrot cake and like buns and scones and things. They have their own little cookbooks. Like it's Mary Lynn's cookbook. So, but that's all like published internally then. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you could go there. It's great for a tourist. You just pop in and be like, oh, this is quaint. But then mm. if you actually live there, you'd be like, unless you were like, you wanted the simple life, it'd be incredibly boring. Mm. I see. So Could yeah. I barter though? Barter for what? Like for a cheaper scone? Yeah. I <laughs> guess. There's not a rule against it. I don't know what you would give them apart from just like currency. No, yeah. I mean, just like are they flexible with their uh, their prices? Yeah, it's a farmer's market. Right. They're not like going to like haggle with you, but they'll be like, oh, okay. Throw in an extra scone and, you know, half a horse leg. <laughs> I don't, that's, that's a 
That's a big piece of meat. He <laughs> just lifts it's under like, the from the counter like a shotgun, yeah. like boom. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, pairs well with your carrot cake. This was Pappy. He served me well. Yeah, they have like a little um, postage, like a whole bunch of like string, like postage tie. Mm. And it's just like Pappy the horse, great runner. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a little description. He <laughs> lived 37 years. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. Horses and broths. And... Dead horses, like a poem written by them that's on the tag. Hmm. <laughs> that's why you're buying it, really. It's not really yeah. for the me. That's sort of just sustenance. You're buying really, it for you... the cultural thing. Yeah, you just want to read that poem, like the buying penguins, the chocolate, that's <laughs> no joke. Thinking, I was thinking of like jokes on ice cream. <laughs> <movies. laughs> yeah, that's really the main reason why you purchase food is circumstantial <laughs> so you could guess from uh, how they live but what are the people like culturally despite the simplicity um boredom breeds irritation even though they have quite a happy lifestyle there's a lot of pettiness a lot of like rumor and gossip and that kind of thing very small village vibes even though it's technically a city oh you know that mary lynn she should she's selling more horse legs and she should be that's not very cooth or like Annie Oakley has to step in and be like, all right, guy, we're going to sort this out. I'm going to shoot an apple off someone's head. And if I can do it, then the argument's null and point. And she can always do it. So they're, right. like, they're just grumbling. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> they, they stole my big seal recipe. But Annie, I guess, shot an apple off my head. So it's all null and point now. Mm-hmm. So they continue to accept that ridiculous permits, even though they know they're going to lose. But I guess... <laughs> Tradition is tradition, you know. They're very traditional people. And also, mm. like, from an outsider perspective, there is, like, mild threat because you have this slightly magical guns woman who's like, <laughs> I settled all disputes. And then <laughs> turn around and be like, I don't actually believe in a government system. She just turns a shotgun to you and be like, do you now? <laughs> well, well, maybe well. next time I will miss. <laughs> maybe you'll be the apple. <laughs> no, yeah, that's great. But, like, how would I, how would they take to me as a tourist? You know, is tourism a thing? And they'd just be like, who are you? Are you moving here? Yeah, they do They do like the idea of like trying to bring people into their community, mm. introduce people to their way of life. People have that kind of, you know, some people just sort of click to that kind of way of life more than others. And they can sort of see that in other people. You just want to tool the fields. You just want to <laughs> bake for the bake sale. You don't want this, you know, techno flappery. Mm. You just want to have the simple life. Yeah, and like it's a good place to settle up the family. I guess so every time, if you go as a tourist, really what they're going to try and do is sell you on their lifestyle so you stay. So it's sort of like a Venus flytrap. <laughs> I guess. I was thinking more like a pyramid scheme, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. Like, oh, you want to take part? It's kind of like they'll, they'll tell you to be like, oh, you'll do the drinks for the bake sale. Mm. But, oh, okay, I'll do that. And then they'll be like, oh, we are having like a pottery competition. And, you know, it would be great if you could get some of those materials in. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, okay, let's do that. I'll just do that. And then suddenly you're like, I've been living here for 20 years. Yeah. Not yeah. in a trapped way, but like, I just keep doing things. <laughs> People keep asking and keep being like, yeah, because it's such a friendly atmosphere. This fabricated friendliness. I'm on my deathbed. Oh, shit. How long have I been here? <laughs> great. Well, sounds interesting. I mean, uh-huh. it sounds dangerous from like a social Point of view. Level. <laughs> yeah just being stuck with obligations like favor for a favor for a favor for a favor forever to die life yeah that's fair <laughs> so what was the city like in the past even though it's still kind of stuck in the past it is quite old because it hasn't really changed from what it has been um mm. in that sort of style um so definitely quite old because it was before the age of like electricity and industry sort of stranded, I guess, just in these fields and this like countryside, 
there wasn't like one industry came around and roads were built around it mm -hmm. it sort of became cut off um like sort of the galactus islands that just continue to evolve in itself and not right. the outer world i think yeah they wouldn't have had many like major historical disputes or anything apart from from their perspective 1655 <laughs> you know mary gibbons made the biggest cheese wheel we have ever seen and then a cow edit and you're like what that was oh that was crazy <laughs> what a time so history in here was an interesting subject to take at school mm. when you just have to learn basically people's petty grudges and that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's just the minutiae, you have lots of diaries. <laughs> it's great for your test though, because if you can't remember like the rest of it, you just cut it off early and say, and then Annie Oakley came out, or like her great, 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 great grandfather mm -hmm. and shot that wall on his head <laughs> and he was done. Yeah, you just memorize the frameworks and that applies to pretty much everyone because they're all the same. Yeah, so like if I went there, I was like, oh yeah, you know, the Cold War, they'd be like, What's the Cold War? Yeah, like some of that knowledge like slips in obviously because people new people come in, mm. you know, books and stuff sometimes come in information. You know, they can't just shut themselves out and that's not the intention. Mm -hmm. But it's more like, oh yeah. If you had like a scholar saying the Cold War in Kiev, they would know about it in an abstract sense, in the mm -hmm. same way that you would know about like your favorite hobby or your favorite game or something. But it just the actual impact of it just doesn't it just doesn't click with them. They're like, oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, like a story almost like history is like stories to them it just does not have any impact in their lives which is probably bad from a political sense <laughs> that they're almost apolitical out of ignorance but yeah well it doesn't affect them so i'm guessing like they just vote to random then like whatever country they're in or maybe they just got forgotten to be put on the election or electoral register and they're like yeah we vote for our mayor. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, election registers and stuff like that, censuses came around. They usually just get distracted doing something, and then you're like, oh shit, I've been apple bobbing for 10 years. I was meant to do something <laughs> here. So they're never on any list or anything. It's like a part of the country, like a no man's land or like a wasteland where you're just like, oh yeah, we have this, and it increases our country's wealth and power, mm -hmm. but like doesn't really do anything to the big capital. So it's yeah. just there. They have that like one time where a politician went. To do a rally and then never again because they were like why these people are not going to vote yeah like they'll be like oh yeah we need to do like healthcare and our education system and then someone will just be like we've got dr john and it's like yeah but what about the rest of the world but we're not there <laughs> dr john's here yeah and then the politician accidentally becomes like the next doctor or something yeah i'm envisioning one one time in the future and where uh, the next great big president is, is from is from Kiev and they're like whoa <laughs> where did this person come from <laughs> yeah it's great though because um in terms of politics they're kind of a tax haven because mm. um, again tax people come over blah, 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 get distracted um and then they never pay taxes and also because they have no connection to the outer world that's a tax for them would be fixing the cobblestone road or mm. fixing a wheel on my wagon yeah, it's not really fair because they don't really get the benefits of society. So why should they have to pay into? It's like a hole in legislation, you know? It's like they're technically just not added to any sort of legislation or law. So it's yeah. just like when it comes to them, it doesn't actually apply to them. So they find a legal loophole by complete no impact of their own. Just like kind of be forgotten about like, oh yeah, we actually don't have to go to war because we're not part of like this wider like, you mm. know, document or something. In Nepal, we're not down on the list. Yeah. <laughs> or even if they are, it's like the person just misspelled their name or something. <laughs> Kiki. Like, what Kiki? So what should I do in Kiev other than do them favors? <laughs> they love they love a good festival. They're really attuned to like the turning of the year. So um, when it comes to autumn, they have like their um, 
the car, like the hay bale rides going through town, mm. all the kids in town get the hay bale, and then they go around. Um, they have things like the pumpkin carving, you know, scarecrow stuffing, apple welding, all these things that they have around them, and then they turn them into uh, festivals because, like, that's the main thing we do. Mm-hmm. Like, all this, like, you know, all the, I talked a lot about the favors and stuff, but that's just like turning over, you know, the civilization, mm-hmm. keeping it running. Apart from that, you know, the things like the bake sales and stuff, there's always like another thing to plan for. Or another thing to prepare for winter they have like harmony groups and choirs got like a little pond we can go ice skating that kind of thing mm. it's almost like it's very like stardew valley vibes we're yeah. just so cut off from the world it's like <laughs> i'm having a great little time i made an apple pie for the pie eating competition <laughs> so there's so much to do it's like you know in any small town when you have like festival week mm-hmm. and you get like a brochure saying like oh monday to friday these are the events Imagine that, but all year round. Every week. Every week. week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and there's so much input from once people come involved with the with the city, they mm. are able to like suggest new things. So even though they don't have technology in the outside world, they might have like strange like cultural mm-hmm. inputs. They'll have like things like Halloween and stuff like that, more traditional sort of pagan festivals. But then sometime like in the middle of May, they'll have like, oh, Kardashian Appreciation Week. <laughs> and they'll just like be dressing up as Kardashians <laughs> and talking like in weird voices. And then they'll be like, we don't know what this means, but we do it. <laughs> right. It's our tradition at the festival. Construct their own idea of what a Kardashian is. Yeah, they absorb culture and then they mask Invented. it under their mm. own like structure. You know, instead of like maybe like a fashion show, it's mm. just like them wearing like their overalls and like walking up and down and be like, here are my overalls. And someone else says, they're nice. And someone else puts on overalls like, here are mine, fashion. <laughs> yeah, they host their own Eurovision in the town hall. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes, they definitely do, but it's just like it's just the harmony group from winter being like singing like, you know, you know, importing Christmas hymns from across the world yeah. and be like, Wow, did we win? There's so many festivals you just gotta recycle the same songs and change the lyrics about a bit. Yeah, you can find a niche very easily because if you can sing, you can be in every singing competition or mm. festival ever. So you you're focused full even after that. Typecast immediately. Exactly. You're like, hey, you've got strong legs you're going to be the runner and carrier person in the winter you just have like the one the one person with like just big arms it's like yeah you're chopping all the firewood i'm like oh damn hit my life i feel like yeah they've got a lot of um <clears throat> a lot of nicknames and things they're like oh chopping mcgee <laughs> come on in here get chopping but you do it anyway because it's what you're good at and it's nice mm. to have purpose uh, yeah really firm role like you know what you are you know what you have to do and that's it you have to think about your point in life or the world beyond that it sounds very peaceful i suppose like it's sort of canary and dragon age you go there you get assigned a row and then that's just your life and then it's like yeah i'm content you might not be happy because it's chill <laughs> it's like a positive version of have you ever seen a red city of ember no um so in it <clears throat> they have like an election and they're called uh, their role for life and oh. like um you'd be like a messenger or like you know drains fixer or engineer for this thing that's it that's your purpose in the world but it's like that less of sinister right so it's the fallout gold test yeah basically. they they find the perfect job for you and not even for like money or anything <clears throat> but just like how you fit in their greater call of society mm-hmm. so there's no there isn't really such thing as like unemployment or anything because everyone always has a purpose even the most like the laziest like most apathetic person mm-hmm. they will find a job even if it's something really bizarre like oh you're gonna test the hay bales and the beds to make sure they're comfy right or they like outsource bedtime stories to this one person yeah like there's always something i feel like some people like i said it would click with but like 
if you're just quite a morose and overthinker or something like that or prone to that kind of like melancholia then you would just hate this place because you'd be like what is my purpose like <laughs> yeah sure i have to cut wood all day but i want more and you know i want to be bad at things and i want to see things and they just wouldn't get that they'd be like but you have everything you need like, yeah why do you still want more hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well kiev became you know became a town from city but can kiev i just say was... are you talking about kiev I might be. Okay. So I was like, is this Kiev a Kiev of the chicken Kiev? Kiev is the capital of Ukraine. I think this is Kiev. Yes, that would be it. So what's Kiev like? Kiev is located in the European woods area. Close. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as I can tell, this means grass and forests and such. It's a temperate ecotone. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh-huh. that. What, the, what, what tone? What? Ecotone. I, I, I don't know what it is. Just fill it in with your imagination. I love that this is now your shtick, that you um, just say things. I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. You're like, I guess it is. Who knows what it is, though? It's still the room what those men from Fortaleza were called. Yeah. Or the, the, yeah, the men from Fortaleza or the Bayou de Dos or whatever, whatever's <laughs> in it. It started out on the western bank of a river which floats towards the Black Sea. And then they all expanded around the river, as cities tend to. Uh, and apparently, the oldest part of the, parts of the city, they sit in the Kiev hills, or Kiev hills, which are important because the term, there's a term, Kiev hill. And apparently, that's a journalistic term rather than just a descriptive one. So it's like the Kiev hill is an actual thing. Uh-huh. Rather than just like, the, you know, those are hills and they well, happen like, to be in Kiev. Like a Sisyphus boulder, like a Kiev hill. Like it's a, a metaphorical, it's a term. It's a term. I'm not sure if it's metaphorical, but it's a term. <laughs> Maybe there's a specific property to their hills. And then because you don't know what it actually means. But I don't know, no. <laughs> I mean, it's a journalistic term. That's what I know. But if it's a metaphor, who knows? And in the same vein, there's a portion of Kiev which rests on the left bank of the river, right? To the left and to the right. That portion of, the, of um, Kiev is called the left bank. So, yeah, I very, very that one. I know, <laughs> this is very literal people we're doing by here. How many bodies of water are there in Kiev? 448, oh. I'm just telling you. <laughs> For some reason they counted. Is that... I feel like it's important to know. Really? Yeah, just stuff about the place where you live because then you put it's like a lot of places in canada they're like oh you know the place of like a thousand lakes yeah but with the canal like let's say the canal in birmingham is it one body of water yes but then that you know like Birmingham has the stats for how many like miles of canal there are so i guess it's the same thing sure (laughs) also the un says that kiev is not a risk from any natural disasters so just much like your kiev that's nice (laughs) good for them yeah, it's uh, the weather and such is pretty much very predictable. But they've also counted out the amount of frost-free days, which is usually 180, which means that half of the year, everything is like snowy. I guess you can have like a frost day that isn't like fully winter. Or is that, yeah, is that saying that all other days are frosty and cold? Yeah. It's a lot of cold days. I guess that's what that means, yeah. There's everything's covered in snow. I like that they have they're all like consecutive days and then the one day after it's just like no snow. <laughs> it's just everything it's just, it's, it's falls overnight. <laughs> it 
get the flood immediately after. <laughs> yeah, everything just melting. Uh, what's the food like? Well, you had broth actually. Uh, we could be there nothing on food. Really? Nothing. I'm almost certain chicken Kiev is either made because of Kiev or it was made in Kiev. You know, like the garlic chicken sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, their their priorities are very clear. There was no food section. So I had to look outside of it. I don't eat. Yeah, I looked up Kiev cuisine. Did I just show me Kiev specifically? It was just Ukraine food. <laughs> uh, so Kiev is the capital of Ukraine. So I went from uh, Ukraine cuisine. Uh, so apparently their cuisine is inspired by the rich, dark soil in which the food grows. Ooh. Yeah, the soil even has a name. The soil is called Shornozen. Is that just like because of the components in it? It's called this, I guess. It's like a type of soil. Yeah, it's probably down to the minerals there are in the soil. Yeah. And their signature dish is called borscht. Oh, I know borscht. Yeah. Which is similar enough to a broth, I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a sour soup made from beetroot. So it's like almost, I put down here, it's almost pilsen in its simplicity. <laughs> and there are 30 varieties of borscht. So, like, you could probably eat borscht exclusively and just vary the ingredients in it. But I guess a soup in general, <laughs> just get all your nutrients from just soup and never eat anything else. Yeah, so Ukrainian cuisine is called the bread basket of Europe, emphasizing the importance of wheat and grain and the people's tomorrow's relationship with it. So I'm not sure how you can have... Tomorrow's relationship with bread? Yes. I tried to find out more on that. Uh, Is this when the Atkins diet came along and then it just became very complicated? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe like some people just discovered gluten. And then they were like, <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> so yeah, everyone presumably loves bread or used to love bread or like had the falling out with bread and now they love it again. But they had the tumultuous relationship with bread. So it's called the bread basket of Europe. And... Traditional Ukrainian dishes often experience a complex heating process. And that's their, like, thing. That's how you know something is Ukrainian. So they're first fried or boiled, and then they're stewed or baked. So I guess you fry it first, and then you bake it. It's like kind of like Hungary, where they have, like, a lot of strange, like, well, strange, but just, like, fried breads and things. Mm. Fried and then sealed or baked. Yeah, so that's how you Mm. identify Ukrainian cuisine. So, no horses, unfortunately. Or people maybe can have a, a horse borscht. Horse borscht? <laughs> horse borscht. Here you go, your horse borscht. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the sort of rural, grainy, farmy aspect of it, I think, translated pretty well from Kiev and Kiev. <laughs> what are the people like? What well, are they like? What are they like? It's hard, you know? It's it's difficult because Wikipedia doesn't really have it. You can look up what a key people like on Google. You're not really going to get anything. So I pulled up bits of history and sort of like, you know, trying to reverse engineer what the people would be like. So apparently Kiev is the historical cultural center of East Slavic civilization. Wow. So they have like a puppet theater. So I'm thinking like very you know, artsy, creative, but sort of in a, in a unassuming way. Like Pilsen, really, with its puppet theater. Pilsen? Oh, the real Pilsen. Yeah, the real Pilsen. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm, I don't remember puppet theater. It's like this Eastern European, like, is more puppet traditional marionette sort of culture. Yeah, maybe like those, like, real tactile things. 
apparently, oh yeah, well, I guess I sort of I interjected that into your Kiev, but uh, they hosted Eurovision in 2005 and 2017. Yeah, there's just a little bug in my a little thought bug. Uh, so yeah, they hosted it in 2005 and 2017. So I'm thinking they're also pretty musical, you know, but like in a sort of operatic sense, rather than the pop sense. <laughs> but that's just me trying to marry puppet theater and Eurovision. Do you associate the puppet theater with opera? Because I want to see an opera <laughs> puppets. That'd be sick. Yeah, it's sort of like in the more theatrical. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. The most popular songs in Kiev is. How not to love you, Kiev of mine. And it's also said that Kiev is the home of street art in Europe. So, yeah, what? very artistic people. I really but, like know, this. The sort of theatrical and like orderly sense rather than like Fortaleza, which was artistic. The Fort Lezzi, not Fortaleza, the real one. <laughs> sort of chaos. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the city like in the past? Well, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All right, let's strap in. How much time do you have? I'm right. strapped in for my history lesson. Will there be a pop quiz at the end? I'm rolling up the sleeves. Take the jacket off. All right, so go. try to do this fast. Okay. So, legendary accounts tell of the origin of the city. One legend features a founding family, members of a Slavic tribe, Poland. The leader, Key, the eldest, his brother, Schleck and Korov, and the sister, Lebid, who allegedly found the city. Another legend states that St. Andrew passed through the area in the first century, where he erected the cross, and then the church was built, and then I guess the city built, was built around that. But since the Middle Ages, the image of St. Michael has represented the city as well as the duchy. So if St. Andrew founded it, then why is St. Michael being the symbol? I don't know. I feel very bad for St. Andrew. Anyways, <laughs> there's very, there was little historical evidence pertaining to the period when the city was founded, so that's why they sold legends and stuff. And scattered Slavic settlements existed in the area from the 6th century, but it's unclear whether any of them later developed into the city. Another name related to Kiev mentioned in history, origin of which is not completely clear, is Sambat, and has something to do with the Khazar Empire. Sambat? Sambat, yeah. That's another alternative name to early, early history, Kiev. And in his book... Kiev. Kiev. <laughs> in his book, the Administrando Imperio Constantiniti por something. We're doing so well. I'm so impressed. Porphyrogenitus uh, mentioned the caravan of small cargo boats assembled annually before the capital of the city, the Dnieper, which is the river that runs across Kiev. It writes, They come down to the river Dnieper and assemble at a strong point of Kiev, also called Sambatas. So it could be either or. But the etymology of Samba has been argued by many historians. Uh, so people really care about what it was named. Uh, and the historian Julius Brutus, it's Brutus, Brutus, <laughs> in his work, The Khazar Origin of Ancient Kiev, hypothesizes that also Samba and Kiev are part of the Khazar origin meaning of hill fortress or lower settlement, respectively. Ah, the Kiev hill. Yes, so the hills are important. And the primary chronicles state that at some point during the late 9th or early 10th century, Kiev was ruled by Askold and Deer, who may have been of Viking uh, descent, what? and later were murdered by Oleg of Novgorod. Novgorod. So, yeah, I should not say that. It's a popular name. <laughs> the city of Kiev stood conveniently the trade route from the Varigians to the Greeks. And in 1968, the nomadic Pechengs attacked and then besieged the city. And now, 
here comes a history of like lots of bad stuff that I'm just gonna speed through. In 1203, uh, it was captured and burned. In oh. 1230s, uh, the city was besieged and ravaged by different ruthless princes several times. Uh, and then the, in the 1240, there was a, the Mongol invasion of Rus uh, that completely destroyed Kiev. And then this event had a profound effect on the city, obviously. Yeah, and it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> and East Slavic civilization as a whole. And then later it was taken over by the Russian Empire as well. In World War II, he suffered major damage from an attack by the Nazis. And in the course of the collapse of the Soviet Union, the Ukrainian parliament proclaimed the Declaration of Independence of Ukraine in the city in 1991. Damn, that's such a... There's so much history there. Like, I feel like you could spend a whole day just doing a history tour on Kiev and just be talking about not only the, the Christian startup, but the whole Viking aspect there. And then the fact that it's been destroyed, like, if, I don't know, like, I feel like other cities in the world, if they've been destroyed that many times, especially when they were smaller, they wouldn't, they would just give up. Yeah, well, I, 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 I skipped, I skipped some, that there were more burnings. <laughs> yeah, like, I have real respect for the Kievian people to just keep rebuilding after all this craziness. That's yeah. wild. And especially like the sort of, legendary origin if it was really interesting i was looking at like lots of maps have you have you played like kingdom come deliverance nope anyways it's like all these old timey like european maps they're just like all colorful and stuff and like green fields and like the roads are not really like lines they're more like actually throwing the dirt roads and stuff it was fascinating but also very long i had to cut out a lot and even in what i have here i was skipping several paragraphs <laughs> If you like what you hear, Louise will be doing the Kiev History Podcast every yeah. other week. It's going to be an hour long, but just by itself. <laughs> Starting from the first century and poor St. Andrew being snubbed. What should I do? Center of Kiev uh, becomes a large outdoor party place at night during the summer months. I want month. to go to this place. This, is, <laughs> this sounds so fun. Yeah, so they just turned the center into a party place and the central streets are closed, obviously, for the auto traffic. And he has thousands of people having a good time in nearby restaurants, clubs and outdoor cafes. This is like the best city. <laughs> We're only in like, what, the third city now? And I'm already hooked. That's yeah, it. it's key. The best one. It's, it's the peak. Oh. <laughs> yep, and there is a wide variety of farm produce uh, is available in Kiev's farm markets. So much like Kiev, but at a greater scale. And here, one will find table after table of individuals hawking everything imaginable, apparently. And then Wikipedia lists lots of things. Horse legs? Possibly, because <laughs> if it's everything imaginable, I can imagine um, then you can imagine that, then it's there. <laughs> I like the idea that's a really abstract market, like, mm, I'm picturing like the memory of my childhood on the beach. They're like, it's right here. <laughs> yeah, it was like a snow globe, but different. <laughs> it's just, tiny you on the beach there's everyone in existence in case they come there looking for that specific object vision quest yeah uh, and each of the markets can also have its own unique mix of products so they're like sort of specialized in a way automobiles car parts pets flowers clothing all you were joking sort of damn that really is everything yeah. car parts is at a market yeah apparently wow. and and at the city's southern outskirts, there's an outdoor museum. And it's sort of like it has villages within it. So it's a museum of folk architecture and life of Ukraine. So it's with lots of mini villages in the 
like a big area, so like 1.5 kilometers. I actually went to one similar in uh, Bucharest. So yeah, it's just like tiny little villages showing you there the rural lifestyle, like how civilization developed through time, but like actually physically spaced. And yeah, it also has numerous recreational attractions like bowling alleys, go-kart, paintball venues, billet holes, and shooting ranges. <laughs> nice, honey. Yep. Right. So well, that's key. after key. lockdown, we're going to Kiev. That's no, it. yeah, so definitely. Flying over there, we'll probably get you to fly. And then we go to a shooting range and learn to shoot apples off of people's heads. Exactly. I'll wear my I love Kiev shirt <laughs> because I'll be a fanboy at that point. 10 out of 10, trip advisor. Hello. Welcome to the break that we're now doing, um, in which we want to plug the things that we love because we currently are getting no revenue from the stream and it's just coming from our hearts. Indeed. I would like to plug uh, the magazine I write for, Radical Art Review, needs help from the people because we run a Patreon and it's all free work we're doing at the minute and it is very good journalism. Um, there's a lot of different things, competitions, film clubs, the opportunity to write in a variety of different sections. But if you subscribe to the Patreon, which could be £3 a month, you can help support working writers and a liberal sort of startup magazine. So if you look up Radical Art Review, find all the details on the website. Fantastic. And also, um, Sosa and Sache is coming out there as well. It's a great journey of culinary development. If you know Julie and Julia, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, I guess if I would plug anything, it would be my blog. Yeah, <laughs> plug your blog. Yeah, so blog. Uh, there'll be this description on the episode description. And my blog currently, I'm releasing a book, Futuristic Sci-Fi Hotel, the protagonist moving down the hotel. And I'm posting it floor by floor. So by the end of hopefully, let's say six months, there'll be an entire book on there. So it'll be worth checking out. And if you're sort of an episodic viewer with not much time, it's a great format because you just can tune in every week and there'll be a new chapter there. Hello, welcome back. After our little break, uh, we're now moving on to Luis's. Where the fuck is that? Where the fuck is Daman? Daman. Ooh. Okay. So I'm picturing from my recollections of Daman. Daman is at... We, you know, our cities are usually built on, the, on extremes. That's just, just how it goes. That's where I like to go. That's where I like to travel. Daman is at the bottom of like a crater. You know, if you have these big craters in like where meters hit mm -hmm. and then there's this one the big one is said to wipe out the dinosaurs actually that's not true they just can't get the permission to actually measure out the the, the constraints of the man there's like lots of legal stuff the man is the biggest crater of like meter hitting meter impact yeah meter impact that's where the man was built the founder um john doe john doe John Doe is a very Amer uh, Europeanized version of the name. You know how people have two names, like in The Elder Scrolls? There's Talos, and then there's the actual proper name of the person who lived. Uh, John Doe is the Europeanized ideal of who he was, but history has unfortunately lost the original name, so that's what I gotta go with. So, so John Doe is a John Doe. Yeah, exactly. And he was he had a, he had an army at his back. He was he was fleeing. Uh, a country because he was like a king that was deposed so he was fleeing and he saw this crater and he was being chased by his enemies still because they were like 
ah, you can't escape. We gotta wipe out all your civilization. Well, I like that you've given us a little bit of history first. Yes, um, but no, I'm not done. Oh, you're not done. I was <laughs> no. going to ask you where, what actually it physically manifests as, but please continue. Yes. Oh, okay. Journey. Oh, okay. So I thought we were skipping past. We were skipping skip past geography. Like it's no. your demand. No, it's you are uh, demand. <laughs> so yeah, John Doe went to the bottom. He's been pursued by this army, and it was a good place because they had had to go downhill when they were already at the bottom of the hill, and they were very good archers. That was their thing. They were like sort of the Mongols in terms of archery, but they didn't have horses, so they weren't as good as the Mongols, that's why it didn't expand as far. Just mom. Exactly. <laughs> so they were coming down into the crater, and they had, like, you know, perfect lines of sight into the opposing army as they were coming down, and they managed to survive. But then they took so many casualties, they couldn't really keep traveling. And so they just decided to stay in the crater, and they started built outwards from there. It's difficult architecturally because you're sort of building on slopes all the time so if your picture is like how the favelas in brazil climb up hills that's sort of how you're climbing the borders of the crater tell me about the favelas of brazil for our listeners i see so well they ran out of space there are lots of big hills around like rio de janeiro let's say uh and so instead of like building a flat ground like you're ideally having to do they sort of just have to build houses up hills and it's sort of like a constructural challenge of like things are leaning some of the time. Oh, on or, a diagonal. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Okay, okay. So these are on the inner crater walls. Yes, exactly. Okay. In the beginning, that's how they had to build. Obviously, once this demand expanded enough, you sort of didn't have that challenge anymore because outside of the, it's just a field. So then you're just building straight. But the center of demand is built on a slope. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, how things turned out, it's also a location that has heavy rainfall. And so, oh, no. <laughs> yes, it's sort of all pools at the bottom. So when there's long periods of heavy rain, you sort of have to evacuate out the center. But the center is there for all like stone and stuff being historically protected. Mm-hmm. And it won't be as damaged by water than like wood or yeah. like anything else. Anyone who lives in the center of the man is a big status thing. But also they have another house at the it's outside of the crater yeah. for when it floods. <laughs> what is it? So you're saying that it's a series of um, buildings going down towards into stone buildings? Okay. Yeah. What is it? So, and, and it has a lot of rain, or at least rain, rains enough that it floods sometimes. Yeah. So it's sort of like very humid, but not in a tropical sense, more in a like sort of England sense. Mm. It, it rains as much as England, but in larger, if more intensity. Oh, so, so that's the same difference. amount of rain, but it's concentrated. Yeah. Okay. It's like big drops of water. <laughs> well, what what do they eat in this um in this big bowl? They mostly depend on the on the fields outside, so you'd be like farming. But the, the sort of climate, it sort of stuck in the middle, because you know if you're in a temperate tropical climate, which is used to the sort of heavy rainfall, it sort of works in their favor. And the man, it's just sort of like a Bermuda Triangle kind of place. It's like it's not supposed to have this amount of rainfall, but it is. And so the crops that would usually grow in this part of the world, so it's like at the edge of Europe, they don't actually manage to grow here because the, the water is too waterlogged. And they'll just be killed out. Yeah. So eventually it was very hard and they just have to like build 
proofing, waterproofing over like all of their farms. And they actually, they invented the greenhouse first before anyone else. Yeah. They have like other things like um, rice paddy fields because of that waterlogged soil. Yeah, that's eventually that's how demand managed to escape because uh, escape Escape from hunger, (laughs) expand because originally they were just within the confines of the crater because they weren't able to expand because of the food issue. But when they got imports and farming methods from like China and also imports of tropical fruits and stuff, which actually were able to grow in that environment, Mm -hmm. then they were able to expand outside of the confines of the crater. But in the beginning, anything that would really grow would have to be very strongly protected from the heavy rainfall. And that's why they built greenhouses to protect the, the crop. Yeah, so it's interesting because you're not going to get that sort of cuisine anywhere else because cuisine is very culturally tied. But because of sheer necessity, they've had to make their cuisine a melting pot. A fusion. <laughs> yeah. Fusion and so you're going to have like, Chinese style rice, but like, you know, it's sticky and you can pick up, you could theoretically pick it up with chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't because they just have forks, but also with like tropical fruits, mango. What do you call those like bowls of rice with like the seaweed inside, like onigiri, but then I'm going to have like a chunk of mango inside it as well. So like yeah. a little snack. Exactly. Or like rice with mango chutney, dip the rice in the chutney and then you eat it. Very, very fruity. <laughs> That dish is just called Danan, just named after nice. the city. Oh, okay. Well, what do I do in a critter? There's one big touristy thing in the man, which is the roller coaster built around the oh, edges of the, the roller coaster. Yeah. Of course. It's just that, you know, you have like adventure parks, sort of very sectioned off and separate. No, this is just the city's property, and it's just a roller coaster going around the, the, the edges of the crater. So you start at the beginning. It's sort of like transport because it's a way to get to the top of the crater. Uh, but you start at the bottom, roller coaster round and round and round and round with some loops, and you get at the end, and you're like, "Wow, that was a crazy adrenaline high!" But obviously, there are long queues that go around the edge of the crater as well. <laughs> Wait, uh, do you use this for fun, or is this also a form of public transport? It's both. Oh, it's a weird. It's, so it's like the B movie where they travel on like amusement rides to get to work. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Maybe someone went to the man and got the idea from there. <laughs> yeah. uh, they've sort of commercialized public transport and made it fun. So it is, there is a premium, rather. I guess you could just take the bus that would just go up the street, up. Which looks uh, like a parish ship or something, just to add to the amusement park. <laughs> right, <laughs> of course. So you just take the, you can take the bus up, but it's like a heavy incline and it's very slow. You can't really break. Traffic is very dangerous because it's like <laughs> if you stole, you can imagine what you would happen. backwards into your death. <laughs> the center of the man is just like a graveyard of trucks and things. <laughs> it's, yeah, like sideways onto the pavement. But yeah, well, you can. You can go by car, but it's dangerous and not as fun. Uh, so they have the roller coaster. Outside of that, well, they also try to make a good thing in a bad situation. So either when it is waterlogged, the, the city center, it is still sort of sunny. Once the clouds, you know, break, so you can go there and because they're so far from like any beaches and stuff, you just like flow around in floats and just like have a, have a merry old time. Even just flood waters. <laughs> yeah, the flood waters. They also sort of make it like a recovery mission. Like kids love it because it's like anything that's found in the flood waters is just sort of yours. You can keep it. And anyone that lives in the center is rich anyway. So the kids will go there and like dive for like valuable stuff. You might find like a broken watch or something. Ooh, a hubcap. <laughs> yeah. And of course, 
not everything that you find there would be something you want. So they're also like cleaning up crews going around at the same time, picking up waterlogged toilet paper or whatever. <laughs> it's just a very Jewish problem as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very um, chaotic time, but kids have a lot of fun with it. The sort of treasure hunting aspect of it. So you have the roller coaster, seasonal um, treasure dip. hunt, yeah. and lucky dip. Uh, and then outside, when you have a little more space, then you have the traditional things like pool, the very, the very big pool culture. I'm not sure why exactly. Maybe like the act of sinking a bowl into the, oh, the, the hole. The hole represents the man. The hole represents the man. It's sort of like, I like that. The, it's a mirror to their uh, origin of like falling into the hole. Fighting out of there. Oh, and the, the, the cues are like arrows. Like you're no, no, yeah, exactly. So maybe it's just tied into their like you know, a very sacred thing. <laughs> yeah, their historical tradition. So yeah, pool is very big, and you have like competing pool empires, like at the edge of like the man. To the left, you have the Q Club. That's their name. Mm-hmm. And there's so many cues for the amusement park rides. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then to the east. They're sinking. <laughs> no sink. Uh, yeah, no, you don't have to explain. Yeah. <laughs> and then they sort of have a rivalry, uh, but they can't really meet in the center like for any like conflict. It, it's their only pool club, so why would they? But even if they wanted to, they'd have to go into the, the, the hole, so it doesn't really work. I like to think that, yeah, they, they have to be the extremes of the city because anywhere not in the extreme, you're just playing pool on a slant. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, <laughs> that's true. I didn't even thought about it spaced out that way, but that's why you did it. Mm, can't really have pool in the man itself. Because if you're at the bottom, well, then it's, your pool table is going to drown. Uh, <laughs> to the edge, it's not going to be level. So you got to be at the edges of the city itself. Traveling like you know five hours to play a game of pool. That's <laughs> it. Oh, you get a roller coaster ride. Oh, of course. So. You just get like slingshotted through the air. Yeah, as you can imagine, most of the people who live in the center don't really have vehicles because, well, you always got to take that steep incline up. Mm-hmm. So they just prefer to just take the roller coaster. But uh, there have been talks of creating a VIP roller coaster. You know, price increase just because the queues are so long. But people are heavily fighting against that because, you know, you don't want that sort of boorish institution. Well, this might be, give you a clue as to its location. It's sometimes referred as Ad-Dash-Daman or Al-Daman. No. Okay. <laughs> it's the sixth most populous city in Saudi Arabia. Oh. It is the capital of the Eastern Province with a population as of 2020 of 1,252,523 people. It's a lot of people. It's very big. It is, this is our main thing, we're going to keep coming back to this, but demand is known for being a major administrative center for Saudi oil industry. Oh, Big oil okay. In terms of like weather and just like the, eco, the ecosystem around it, it's very hot. Very hot. It's a mm. hot desert uh, climate with temperatures regularly exceeding 40 degrees, but it can only, it says this is it, it's a good thing, but it can drop below one degrees in winter. Just that's <laughs> a thing. Great. Uh, sometimes it heals. Um, but the nighttime is, can be above 35 degrees and is also incredibly humid. So it is a big cultural shift for me, at least. But they also have dust storms, which are known oh. commonly as um, shamals, which is Arabic for north because it's a northerly wind that comes in. They're common in summer, but they can last for like three to five days. 
I have a lot more information on it because I have a niche interest in sandstorms. But really, yeah, I do. When sandstorms get really big, the particles can hit together and create like negatively charged particles because the electrons are dispersed when they're like fired together, and then it can create like a magnetic field. Really? So, yeah. So you you know like a dust devil. Uh huh. A dust devil can transform into what's known as like a sand pillar, and that's when they spin fast enough that these particles keep hitting each other. Magnetic fields created. And then that magnetic field actually picks up more sand. And so it creates this like locked system of like an actual pillar of sand moving. It's insane. So everything like lightning and sand? Mm, no, because <laughs> actually, yeah, I guess that, yeah, because a lightning's negative charge part. I guess because it's so close to the ground, it doesn't mm. jump. But also, if this was an anime, that would be sick. Yeah. But they, uh, these sands or dust storms could be several thousand feet deep. Uh, the wind speeds can reach 70 kilometers per hour. And the whole event impacts health, transport, visibility is limited, flights are cancelled, dunes build up in roads, and they require effort to like remove infrastructure such as street signs and stuff, they're all damaged. It's crazy. Wow. So it's like it's a full stop. It's like, okay, the dust storms are coming back to completely like get our infrastructure ready. Yeah, so it's the same relationship with the rain, except um different elements. (laughs) Pretty much though, it's like built here and you just like Mm-hmm. They also, as a strange, just talk about structural damage. They have this strange issue at the minute where their foundations are kind of at risk because there's some like leaked water or sewage pipe under the city corroding the foundations. I don't know how the hell that happened, wow. but it was listed in the Wikipedia as like a significant sort of threat that the city's facing. So I don't know if that's been resolved, hmm. but I don't know how that happens. As for the rest of the city, just because you mentioned about public transport, interestingly, Adman does not really do public transport. Like, okay. There are like basic public transport, which is sort of workers use, but it isn't really considered like a glamorous thing. And mm. so most people just like drive around or we had a chauffeur or an Uber, which is just seems really strange for such like a big city. Yeah. But I guess if big oil is involved, maybe financials have it worked out. <laughs> but like getting Uber everywhere seems expensive. So the food in demand is really interesting and there's a lot of information about it that i won't list all today but oh. looking at sort of like very basic um you know reviews of different restaurants it's kind of middle eastern lebanese mediterranean food mm-hmm. a lot of chicken um but things like falafel shawarma um there's also this thing called hot lukamat or lukamat uh, which is a fried dumpling drizzled with date syrup and sesame seeds which just sounds great yeah there is these sort of like three biggish dishes that I can find, or three or four. There's Yemeni mandi, and mandi is like a cooking style where you like cook in an underground pit. And then it's the actual meal, it's like meat, rice, and spices, which is a common theme. It all seems to be meat, rice, spice, and then it's the different combination of these things, the great different <laughs> dishes, because there are huge lists of very different dishes, but they're all quite, you know, structurally similar. Yeah. Well, Brazil is pretty much like that as well. Meat, rice, spice. Yeah. And Plus beans. There's a lot. There's a lot to go through. Like they have like nejdi kabasa, kabasa, which is also a mixed rice dish served on communal platter, meat and rice. It's the spice combination for the kabasa, which changes it. So these spices could be like black pepper, cloves, cardamom, saffron, cinnamon, black lime, bays, and nutmeg. So it's how these are rearranged in hmm. different ways. It's fascinating because um, Kiev had nothing on its food <laughs> this is everything like there's yeah. they've got really strong food culture and from different places too kind of like Uruguay, mm. because they've got um biryani which i think i'm pronouncing right but it's like an indian spices meat rice egg sometimes potato finally yugmish which sounds 
great. It's like a snack food. Bread that's filled with different types of meat. That's it. Just the filled oh, bread. Cool. I mean, is that not a sandwich? Yeah, I imagine it's like the way I'm picturing it is like um like a stuffed pitta. Yeah, like, just like, dug out. No, I know. But I mean like Oh you're just being hypothetically. Just <laughs> 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 like psychological psychological physio. I guess it's considered a sandwich in the mm. sandwich umbrella class. Yeah. Not as sandwiches we're picturing it. Yeah, not the traditional envisioning of a sandwich, but like anything can be a sandwich as long as it's between bread. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> but what are the people like? Obviously, it's a Muslim city. Arabic is the main language, but English is quite often spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, because of this, women are considered to dress conservatively. There are restrictions about taking photographs. You're not allowed to apparently have any Arab females or children without their permission in the photographs or oh, right. certain government and military business buildings. Due to Islamic law, the seals of Sales and consumption of alcohol is prohibited. No bars, clubs, or nightlife. You can go to like restaurants, cafes, and shopping places and stuff like that, but no bars or anything. And on that note, there are no gambling places or casinos either. And there are very strict rules about like penalizing that, right? Like, breaking that. Yeah, I think that's what we missed in my one. We didn't talk about the people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something was missing. I thought we talked about people. I don't know why. Okay, well, that's my bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You have to carry your ID with you or a visa at all times. No pork or public displays of affection, mm. obviously. Although there is a huge variety of Arabian foods. An interesting one as well is just stuff like, you know, theft, drugs, and illegal activities, you know, are bad and mm-hmm. never pick up bags that you see. But one is, do not help anyone unless they ask for it. Um, oh. Which I just read online. I think it's true, but it says, is considered getting involved in other people's matters. You just save emergency numbers in case someone needs it. So you just bring up, you never get involved. Huh. I just guess it's just a cultural thing. Yeah, that's fascinating. You might take a lot of pressure off, though, in terms of being public. Yeah. There's not that expectation there if you just, like, me, help you cross the street. <laughs> or the classic conception of public kindness. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's quite, like, independent, in sure, for want of a better word, because, you know, you're not showing public affection to people, you're not helping people, you're just sort of staying in your own lane. Do you know what mm. I mean? But in the past, not as interesting mm. essentially it was settled with like a tribe in 1923 with the permission of king ibn Saud. but originally it was a fishing hamlet so it's by the coast and it was developed from into its current state within half a century wow. because basically they're like oil oil was discovered right. in this hamlet yeah. boom it literally like it is the definition of a boom town so it just became this huge like, mecca of like just commercialism spot yeah and it's like a shopping center mm-hmm. like, just on a huge level with all this oil money coming in. The name is disputed. Some say it's an onomatopoeic thing of a drum, like Dam Dama, which uh, was the sounding pattern for like returning fishermen ships. Mm-hmm. Um, other people say it's from Dawawama, which is the name for whirlpool, indicating a site uh, where like the fishing ships had to avoid. Right. Oh, um, it's interesting. really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, some say it comes from the Sanskrit word um, Dharma. Or the Pali word Dhamma. It is said that the city derives its name from the time when knowledge in its pure form was distributed around the world during the region of Emperor Akoshka by Dhamma Dhamma dots, which were messengers of the Dharma. So it's mm. like just it's which I kind of like because it's kind of um because it's got an airport and everything. It's kind of this commercial center. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can go to other places from there as well. It did feel quite like um cosmopolitan. So the idea that it's named after messengers. Fun. Yeah. The discovery of oil in 1938 turned this radical change. <laughs> and so it's not a major seaport, hub for a petroleum, natural gas center, and a commercial hub for the whole of eastern Saudi Arabia. Big, big deal. What can you do though? 
they have the Saudi government's Vision 23 program is trying to diversify non-oil revenues. Right. They don't just want to be, we're oil time. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to make amusement parks. Great. Specifically, (laughs) and theaters. Football is the most popular sport, I think, as well as the most popular sport in Saudi Arabia. Mm. They have traditional sports too, like camel racing, falconry, basketball, equestrianism. Oh, that sounds Um, great. Yeah. Love some falconry. Cricket (laughs) is most popular among the South Asian expatriates and living in the city. And they have the Prince Mohammed bin Fad Stadium, which is the primary stadium football venue. They also have the Altama Mall, because, you know, commercialism. They also have, you probably heard of this one, but Al Marjan Island. Mm. Remember, there's like a thing a while back where they, um, I think I think it was Saudi Arabia, were making like commercial islands or like artificial islands. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of them. Interestingly, they have like a large bazaar culture, as in like shopping bazaar. I see. Which is called a souk. So the one they have is Sher al Hog uh, souk, which is also known by the locals as the love market. Okay. I don't really know why. I think it just means because it's affectionate. All right. I see. Not like in the sort of red street sense. <laughs> yeah, not like you're going to buy chocolates and things. It's in the heart of the city and it has all these uh, jewelry shops. Couples apparently, oh, now I know why. I just ripped my notes. Couples come here to choose bridal anniversary gifts from the glittering uh, glitter sprays. Okay. It does spices, perfumes, carpets, furniture, ceramics, antiques, incense, fabrics. Proper bizarre. It's open for 4 p.m., but then at night it comes alive and has this after dark kind of special. Mm where the street performers, sketch artists, musicians, they have, you know, they've got flatform trauma and all that kind of thing. And yeah, it's just this really nice, not carnival per se, mm-hmm. but it has a celebratory aspect to it. It's where I hang out. Yeah. <laughs> the bizarre market. Sounds like uh, when Kiev um, closes out in the center and just has a bigger yeah. party. They have a heritage village, also like Kiev. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing, really, where you can go and see like historical pieces, ancient weapons, photographs, antiques, that kind of thing. There are numerous items like this displayed in a five-story fortress-like building. Oh, okay. Um, just, <laughs> I think it's just part of this. Um, fortress-like. What a quaint description. <laughs> yeah, not a fortress, but fortress adjacent. <laughs> They've got King Fahad Park, or Fahad Park. It's one of the largest parks in the country. With hundreds of native and international plant species, there is a food outlet, cobra ride, and many other oh, wow. rides. So we're back to amusements again. Now, this was a difficult one. To demand cornchy, cornch? And a cornch is a road on the side of a mountain or a cliff with ground rising on one side and falling away on the other. Right. So that's a specific term. Mm-hmm. Like Keeve Hill. Which, yeah, kind of. Well, like cornch is like a geography term. Mm-hmm. But it made me think of like the sort of sloping aspect of like the sloping of the crater. Mm. Um, yeah, you know no, that's fair. It's uh, most visited attraction with visitors' demand. It is the coastline of the Arabian Gulf with walkways, stunning gardens, restaurants, cafes, and other same places. Most famous activities are the Lion and Dolphin Show, Part of the Dolphin Village, which is just the show with lions and dolphins. Um, they perform tricks and stuff in, a, in an aquarium. I don't know how that so works. It's strange. The way it's the lion in the aquarium, too. I don't know. <laughs> is it a sea lion? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah. I, I yeah, yeah. It. it didn't say sea lion anywhere, but I guess you just have a lion at the top and then a dolphin comes out from the water. It's. Do they interact? I don't know. I don't know if they're two separate shows and they're just conflated together and everything I've read. So that's the thing that people do. Um, Maybe they're like just one line. Like they're, they're famous figures. The, the lion and the dolphin. Yeah, it's not <laughs> simple or something. Yeah. But yeah, and then Al-Marjan Island, which is like this green space, there's a bridge to it, there's boat rides and fishing spots and things like that. It is, it's an interesting city because mm. it's, it was literally nothing and then it became everything. Yeah. And so it's just kind of, it feels very commercial and capitalized. 
like there are interesting histories and stuff about, about it, but because it's a boom town, it's just kind of like it is what it is now. Yeah, it's, you know it's I mean? only like what fifty years old, uh, mm. half a century, you said. Yeah, it settled in nineteen twenty-three, and then radically changed in nineteen thirty-eight, I think. Right, so a bit more now, but yeah, the the expansion period was like half a century. Maybe. It's still a very young city. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, yeah, that's a. Uh, Interesting contrast to Kiev, where it's like so much back the first century, Saint <laughs> Andrew. But yeah, it's uh, fascinating how having oil can grow infrastructure to such a such a degree. Like, I don't feel like you could ever find anything like that in England. In terms of like, let's just dig down and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like England would also radically change if it suddenly had huge oil reserves. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Where would you want to go then? Hmm. In terms of in demand or like between Kiev well, and... We'll start with the demand because I took away the opportunity for you to tell me the by the people of demand. Right. So I would go to both, actually. Yeah. So I would definitely want to visit the artificial islands and the, the bazaar. So I, I feel like, yeah, there might be a, a cultural clash, but I, you know, obviously as a tourist, you just get around in terms of like, you just adapt for the specific amount of time you're there. Whereas for my demand, I just did the idea of a city building creator is really cool to me. I would want to ride that roller coaster and also pool because, you know, like, yeah, I'd enjoy going to both and then figuring out which was the best and maybe even like choosing a guy. Yeah, right about it. Just put it in my blog. It's like, oh. <laughs> Sinkum is the best one. The other one's pales in comparison. I like your idea about the amusement public transport because the idea of making public transport more than just A to B, but mm. an experience in itself. Because so much you spend so much of your life traveling on in different modes. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't make sense that the money could be pumped into it, transformed into like an entertainment system as well. It just seems like a great idea. Yeah. Very fantastical, but I think <laughs> on a smaller level, there's legs. I like it. Yeah, the upkeep would be crazy. But it's like, like if you have a if you have an amusement park anyway and you need to get around a city, it's kinda like, well, you're paying mm-hmm. for both of these industries anyway, and they're both hugely expensive and lucrative. So Yeah, exactly. Just marry the two together. So yeah, I would definitely go to both. I feel like the, the but that's just unfair with real demand, but the unique aspect of the geography. That's where I would go. But I definitely prefer dust storms to rainstorms, I guess. Yeah. Because you can sort of stand outside of it and witness it, like sort of like dust devils and stuff. Whereas with the rain, you can't really you can go inside. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would like to go to Aldaman as a passing point. I would spend like a day or a couple of days just sort of seeing the sights. Mm. Not going to stay much longer, but for your demand, I don't know, I'm a sucker for tra- public transport. So <laughs> I think I would prefer to experience that longer and sort of see how people live in this sort of strange setting. Mm-hmm. Or Alderman feels like, it definitely feels like a stopping point, you know? Yeah. I can't imagine living there. Which one? Alderman. Because like, even with right. the heat and everything, that mm-hmm. would just kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's no, that's fair. But in terms of like Kiev and Kiev slash the man, um, I got to demand. <laughs> yeah, I would want to get stuck you in Kiev. I, I feel like I, I'm the sort of person who would be susceptible to getting stuck in Kiev <laughs> and just like being like, yeah, Kiev, uh, this is my life now. I have no, this cool yeah. horse and I, bond, I would bond it with the horse, obviously, and just like have this little piece of paper being like, do this. And I'd be like, cool. Yeah, if I'm good at that, I'll do that. 
and everyone's like, oh, you're the best, whatever. Just being the best at anything, communally. It's it's toxically dangerous for you. Yeah, yes, yeah. Like, we need you here. You're vital to this community. And you're like, oh, I guess I'll stay there. Yeah, I'd go for a holiday, just get stuck there. So that doesn't really fall within my life plans. <laughs> I think I'm the same, though. I think I would go to demand because Kiev does have a sort of sinister undertone to it. Mm. It's like in American Gods, there's this town I think I was drawing from called Lakeside. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're Lakesiders. We love being Lakesiders. And it's like this frozen town in the middle of America somewhere. <laughs> and they have like, there's like sinister plot undertones, but it's on the surface. It's just like, why wouldn't you want to leave? Because we're just the perfect, like crime rate is low. Everyone loves each other. Like mm -hmm. the main character is being helped out all the time by people. Not in an evasive way, but he's just like, oh, you know, you don't winter clothes? Okay, I'll give you these. Yeah. Like, oh, I've, you know, your first pastry here is free. Like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's the sort of time where you go and it's like, everyone's so friendly and lovely and ideally. And then you find out they got, they're sacrificing people to some pagan <laughs> god for the, <laughs> for the privilege of their crops that allowed them to be so nice. Well, 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 you have to read American Gods. <laughs> yes, yeah. I would definitely go to Kiev. I'm mm. sold. Like, I'm genuinely sold in seeing Kiev now. Yeah, no, definitely. It sounded like a great time. <laughs> and just going there with the history in mind, and just be like, let me find a place where St. Andrew put that. I'm not going to find it, but like, if I found some stick in the ground, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, there's just so much. Because you go there purely for I think the thing about Aldeman is that there's only got one thing really and it's mm. just sort of like the entertainment like commercial aspects whereas Kiev has its history it's got the crazy club thing that I did not expect it's got some farmers markets do you know what I mean like it's mm -hmm. quite diverse and just I guess even the architecture of knowing that these places have been built up so many times over mm -hmm. and over again but in terms of food Aldeman would be the place to go out of even fictional or non-fictional Aldeman definitely has <laughs> very very interesting foods yeah just go there and sample everything that could be the holiday restaurant after restaurant give. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh it's been fun yeah been um, really crazy this time but uh that's all right <laughs> i'm sorry i've bruised your ego yeah. we'll never know what the people of uh demand do or what they celebrate no you can't assume they play pool and ride the, the roller coaster. I think it's because when we were talking about the pool stuff, that I assumed that was going into their culture. Mm. Did, like the diving and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. tips. It's really it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you threw me off. You started with history and I was like, oh. No, okay. yeah, I did. Because geography and history are so closely tied together. They really are. Mm. Kiev wouldn't be Kiev if it hadn't you know, burnt on and all these things. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's true, yeah. Well, well yeah. Thank um, you for tuning in to Where the Fuck is that? Where the fuck is that? We'll see, see you next time. time.